Yeah. Yeah. Welcome to Pixels and Pines Podcast. I'm Bradley. And I'm Michael. And we're two dudes talking about video games while drinking pints. We got on deck today. I got two things on deck. Two things. They don't go together like you you implied earlier, you mm-hmm. bastard. But I don't care. This is just like drinking stouts in summer. I don't give a fuck. I'm going to drink all the fucking stouts in summer I want. You live your fucking life, fuck dude. You. Yeah. You know, you know, you know who I'm talking. Yeah. I know exactly who you're talking to. Anyways, he's an alright guy. Uh Eighth Wonders Watermelon Haterade. Ever since I've heard of it, I've been wanting to try it. So I got it today. It is a apparently a watermelon fruited ghost. 3.3 ABV. It's not very it's not very heavy. It's a sour with a, a strong salt component, so if you're not into uh, sour, salty shit, this is probably not something for you. I'm still debating whether or not it is for me. The <laughs> uh, very strong, like, kind of um, Jolly Rancher watermelon kind of kind of uh, smell emanating from the glass, which I don't know if it's a good or bad thing. But then it's but the next. Go ahead. What? I was going to say, but then it's like licking a, a brick of salt while you're trying to drink it. Basically, yeah. So think <laughs> of somebody, if if somebody added this Jolly Rancher watermelon kind of uh, smell to a, uh, a little salt lick. It's kind of like that. I'm sure, I'm sure everybody here <laughs> has a salt I'm really lick. selling the beer. I'm really selling this beer. Right? <laughs> Oh man! <laughs> yeah, so, and the, so what about the second one? I hope, <laughs> I hope it's better. <laughs> I hope it's better too. I've been trying to, I've been trying to expand my repertoire because the only thing I have in the fucking, the fucking pantry right now, it's like somewhere between like twelve to seventeen percent ABV. And, <laughs> Just fucking um, knock your dick off, gonna, Pierce. It, it's gonna be, it's gonna be a totally different podcast <laughs> if, I, if I were to start drinking those. You're gonna be sleeping on the floor again. <laughs> I'm not. I don't. I'm not gonna be sleeping on the floor. I'm probably gonna be saying some wild shit, which I think I can do plenty already sober. Mm -hmm. Drunk, drunk me is probably not the best for this. But the second one is from 903. So, and all of these are from Houston, by the way. Is 903 from Houston? Are they? Are they up in Dallas? They're like mid Texas, right? They're in Texas somewhere. As much beer as I. As what? I was gonna say as much beer as we drink from them, we should. We should know these people. Assuming it's probably an area code, Tyler, Texas, which sounds like they drag black people from behind their <sighs> their pickup truck. So I'm not too sure if I'm <laughs> if I'm okay with that that part of town. Hmm. So, yeah, got to be careful. It gets it gets a little <laughs> sketchy. It gets a little sketchy in Texas. You uh, you get outside of the major cities, you start heading like from Houston. You head up a little north. Shit gets a little weird. They're they uh, they they in Sherman, beer. Texas. Sherman, Texas. So, yeah. So that's 903-430 area code, which is uh, north of Houston. Quite a bit north. Yeah. Kind of uh, kind of hugging. Oh, man. There's like... They're north of like Dallas. Stand in three diff- you can stand in like three different states at some point. Yeah. Those motherfuckers. Look at us being all... All geographic and whatnot. Yeah, we're trying. We're trying. So, anyways, 
So from uh from a part of Texas that may or may not drag people behind their truck comes a peanut butter chocolate chip rice krispie treat. Uh flavored cream ale, which I'm having second thoughts about. Uh I don't know much about it. It's 5.5 ABV, so it's still it's still on the low side, which means it's probably going to be very thin, not a lot of body. And I'm hoping the flavor at least comes through. So what about you? Man, you all right. I, I also have two on deck. I have the uh, 903 peanut butter stout. It's a 7.5 ABV. It's just a stout with peanut butter in it. Nothing too special. Tastes pretty good. It's my two favorite flavors. Stout and peanut butter. Chocolate peanut butter. Um, and then right after that, I have the 903 Neapolitan Stout Reserve. Uh, it's reserved because it was aged in a barrel, a stout barrel, um, with uh, strawberry, chocolate, and vanilla bean. And that bitch comes in at a swinging 12.3% ABV. And that'll probably pick in in about 15 minutes. I'll crack that baby open. And by the time we end this podcast, I'm going to be having lucid dreams, I think. so. Jesus. Uh, yeah. So can you imagine me going through that if I was already just peak drunk? I've already said some wild shit already. So <laughs> Jesus. Uh, Well, I think I think that's kind of the charm of the podcast, right? Is uh as we drone on through all of this news, we get a little bit more drunk and things get a little bit more loose. And if you stick around to the end, you're gonna find something that offends you. So likely, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine? Can you imagine if we turned into like a drama, a drama podcast? What's the kind of trouble we would be getting into? Yeah. Oh my god. We're just like H three H three all over again, right? Yeah. So before we get canceled, let's go ahead and go ahead and get into. Yeah. Let's do it. So this past week we haven't had a whole bunch of stuff, and there's there's a reason for that. So we're we're at the beginning of September right now. Typically. We have some potential directs. Maybe Sony might be coming up with stuff. We have the Tokyo Game Show. So right now there's not a whole bunch of not a whole bunch of stuff to talk about, but we do have some gems that came through in this past week. And one of them was a double Kickstarter. That is the name of the company that is running this. Double Kickstarter. On Kickstarter. For two games called Arm Fantasia and Penny Blood. And they absolutely smashed through their $750,000 goal that they set out. They still have, I want to say, at the time of recording, about 28 days, 27 days, something like that, left to go. And I think they're in like $1.4 million. Damn. So, yeah. So we're going to get some stretch. We're going to get some stretch goals for sure. So if you are just barely hearing about this and wondering why everybody's all hyped about Arm Fantasia and Plenty Blood, well, let me fucking tell you. So Arm Fantasia is supposed to be a spiritual successor to the RPG game Wild Arms that first appeared on the PlayStation 1. The people developing this Arm Fantasia game is called Wild Bunch Productions. And here's where the excitement comes from. So Wild Bunch Productions are made up from key staff from the original Wild Arms game. So, and I'm going to screw this all up. So apologies. Good luck. So the creator of Wild Arms, Akifumi Kaneko, he's there. The character designer, Tomomi 
Sasaki from Wild Arms 5 and XF. They're they're there. I don't know if it's a woman or, or a guy. They are there. Non-binary. Composer Michiko Naruke from Wild Arms 1, 2, 3, and 4 are going to be there. As well as the composer Nori Yasui Agamatsu from Wild Arms 5 and Wild Arms XF. So basically you have the entire composer team, or at least some of the people from the composer team, character designer and the creator from Wild Arms creating Arm Fantasia. Good shit. This is good shit. And, yeah. And on the Pennyblood side, this is supposed to be a spiritual successor to Shadow Hearts, an RPG game that first appeared on the PlayStation 2. The developer for Pennyblood is called Yukikaze, or Kaze. And they're also made up of original Shadow Hearts staff members. So you have the creator of Shadow Hearts, excuse me, Matsuzo Machida, the character designer, Miyako Kato, composer Yoshitaka Hirota, and as a bonus, I guess, a former Capcom composer who worked on Breath of Fire 3, Akari Keita. So those are the people who are bringing you these two games. And honestly, when something like this comes out and you're told from the people that brought you the game, this is really how it's supposed to be. Yes. You have the original creators, you have some character designers and composers from the original game. Not somebody who did fucking level design. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, I don't understand how people can come out as like, yo, I made two levels on the game and now we're going to create a spiritual six. No, fuck you. It's, it's, it's a terrible that how that kind of, that trope is overused. But in this case, it seems to be well-deserved. So as I said, you know, the creators, composers, character designers from the original game, they're going to be part of this. Um, there's not much to criticize because there's not a whole bunch to see right now. Just on a personal level, the only thing that pissed me off was just how Kickstarter treated this because you have two games on the Kickstarter um, platform and they're both part of the same Kickstarter. So the way that they try to get around this is that most of the time you are purchasing or you're backing the game uh, using either Arm Fantasia or Penny Blood. They have an add-on system that Kickstarter has that allows you to choose things like physical copies of the other game. If you're So, for example, if you're choosing Arm Fantasia, you can add on Penny Blood, a physical copy of Penny Blood, if you want to. But for me, um, because of because of who's involved with these two games, you have all of the uh, a lot of original composers. So I wanted a physical soundtrack from both of these games, but you can't do it using the current add-on system. So I had to go and back the game separately on two different accounts in order to get a physical game and a physical soundtrack for both. But outside of that, there's not a whole bunch to to really say about it. I want to say that the the release date, and I don't know how accurate this is going to be. It's uh, <laughs> somewhere in 2025 or something like that. Yeah, it is. So, so what, what about you, Bradley? So what did you think about these two games? So I saw a... The, the way I got introduced to this was it just happened to be on YouTube. And I was like, what the fuck is this? Uh, so I clicked on Arm Fantasia, started watching it, and I was like, you're hit with uh, the images of the character right up front, and then you get the the music from Wild Arms 1 
kind of recomposed in this new style so that they're not like stilling it but it's the same rift it's all of that and i was like what is this what the fuck is this then i got into it i sent you the link and i was like dude have you seen this you're like yeah I've already pre-ordered both. I was like, you piece of fucking shit. You didn't say anything to me at all. I fucking love Wild Arms 1. All the rest of them can, you know, piss off, whatever. The Wild Arms 1 was so fucking good. It was so game-changing. Um, and so I went to, just like you, I went I went to Kickstarter. I backed both games, physical versions. Um, and then I tried to do the add-on with uh, the physical audio soundtrack. Can't fucking do it right now. I'm sure they'll make a change to that later on. You know, since yeah. <laughs> since this is going to be up there till 2025, I'm sure they'll make uh, additions to that. But I'm pumped. I'm pumped as fuck, man. I, I honestly can't wait. I need a good um, high fantasy anime weird bullshit fucking RPG in my life uh, real bad. Um, and I'm refusing to play... Um, the new tales game for whatever fucking reason um wow why uh i, I just don't want to open the box so then i bought <laughs> so i bought the uh, digital version as well because i bought the collector's edition yeah uh i took the statue out but i didn't want to open the fucking game so like i just ended up buying it on steam <laughs> it was on sale the other day so i was like fuck it i'll play it on there um i i wish i could make fun of you for that but i do the same shit yeah <laughs> <laughs> so it's whatever uh, I, I don't know the, I think these games are going to be fucking good with the prestige of um, art directors and game designers and everything uh, all of the original staff the composers I, I think it's going to be hard for them to fuck this up man um, I hope so I, I don't know they got my money they got my well wishes uh, I just hope that they don't fuck this up and break the dishes I don't know I just had to rhyme there so <laughs> I don't know. It's it's interesting, at least at least from what we've seen so far. It's hard to tell what what it is that we're seeing if this is like CGI or if this is representative of some kind of early gameplay. Cause it looks really good. It so looks far. so fucking good. Because a lot of the a lot mm -hmm. of these Kickstarters are just like it's a it's a talking head talking about all the stuff that they're gonna do and everything that they promise that they'll try to deliver, which ends up always falling flat, but it's really nice to have at least some sort of reel that they're just, they're showing us for what I guess their vision is for this game, and it looks so fucking good so far. You know what pisses me off though? Now I look at this, like, why doesn't all anime that comes out as three D look even remotely that good? Like this looks it's true. This looks fucking good. Like I would watch this as an anime. Um, I don't know. Anyways, I guess. Moving on to our next topic, uh, not anime stuff. Uh, Nintendo pushed out new Wii U and Nintendo 3DS firmware updates on August 30th. Uh, what what the fuck? Yeah, so you have you have Nintendo and Sony that does this from time to time. Yeah. For, for all these systems that they don't sell anymore that have been out of production. But there's always <laughs> something. There's always a reason behind it. So I got this information from Oatmeal Dome from Twitter, who gave a little bit more of information about what these updates actually are. For the Wii U, it seems it seems pretty. Um, there's there's nothing really there for the Wii U, but they did push out a firmware for version 5.56, and this seems to be aimed mainly at adding uh, COPPA compliance verbiage. 
when you attempt to set up a network, uh, Nintendo network ID for a kid. And I want to say that COPPA is, was that a European thing or an American thing? I don't know. It's like child, child protection or something like that. Okay. Uh, whenever they try to interact and with online experiences. So if you're targeting children for things like YouTube and things like that, you have to comply with COPPA in certain regions. Uh, just to make sure that you're not, you know, intentionally advertising to kids or, or some yeah. shit like that. Uh, the only other thing that uh, Oatmeal Dome could find was that there was some uh, explanatory text about opt-in analytics on the Wii U side. So it's pretty innocuous. There's nothing, nothing really bad that, you know, you shouldn't upgrade your Wii U firmware to. The Nintendo 3DS is slightly different, though. So the 3DS got version 11.16.0 out. This actually fixed an exploit. There's an exploit called SMPWN or SMPwn. It allows the ability to essentially execute payloads. So SMPwn is an exploit that is used by something called Universal Other App. Universal Other App is essentially a kind of launcher of these payloads. So Universal Other App is essentially a payload itself that leverages the SMPone exploit to allow the execution of payloads from the SD card. The only thing that seems to be affected is for people who are running the Lumina 3DS custom firmware. So the current version of Lumina 3DS is version 11, but it does appear to be working for the time being. So if you're on Lumina 3DS version 11 and you upgraded to this new Nintendo 3DS firmware, you should be fine. However, what it seems like was affected was something called Boot NTR. So Boot NTR is a launchable custom firmware that enables things like cheat menus, the ability for new 3DS owners to stream from their 3DS without having to have physical capture card equipment inside of it. And also has a plugin system that allows developers to create, you know, like small apps for uh, the boot NTR custom firmware. So that seems to be the only thing that's affected. So it's unfortunate if you update it. So you're going to lose some features. But Damn. the custom firmware itself should essentially still work. And this is really unexpected, I guess. Right now, Nintendo is going through kind of a, a shutdown. Um procedure with their eShops on the Wii U and the Nintendo 3DS. So it is something that you should be watching out for. August 29th was the official date that Nintendo set for removing the ability to add funds directly to your Wii U and 3DS wallets. So essentially, if you have no funds in those wallets, you can't make any eShop purchases on the Wii U or 3DS. From what I've heard, there is a way to work around it if you have a, sweet, a Switch eShop account. I know that there are some accounts which the Switch eShop wallet is shared across the Wii U and the 3DS, so you can potentially add funds through that, through that area, but Nintendo's account system has been completely fucked up for me, and I know I had to go through like a conversion process back in the day when I got my Switch, so I don't know if that conversion process actually removed the ability for me to add funds to like Wii U and 3DS wallets. So your mileage may vary. I don't know if that's if that's actually true, but if you're if you're desperate to purchase something off of the Wii U and 3DS eShop, you should look into the the Switch eShop wallet as a workaround. 
That being said, March 27th, 2023 is the official cutoff date for the eShop on the Wii U and 3DS. After March 27th, 2023, you were not going to be able to make any purchases, regardless of how many funds you have in your wallet. So that sucks. Use it now. Yeah. It sucks. <clears throat> so I guess so. Do you think they'll give people a refund if they just have like funds laying around in there? Who the fuck knows? Know. Yeah. Who the fuck knows? I wouldn't hold my breath. They may do something. Uh, if if your Switch eShop wallet is indeed tied to the Wii U and 3DS, then there's nothing that they have to do. You know? It's just like, yo, just use it on your Switch. Or True. if not, get fucked. I don't know. It's Nintendo. It's really hard to tell. Sometimes they do cool <laughs> stuff, and sometimes they're just a big middle finger to, to people who use their products. Sure. But what this should teach you, out of everything is don't install firmware for any of your hacked Nintendo 3DS systems or your Wii U system, or even if it's related to like the P the PlayStation 4, PlayStation 3, Vita, PSP, don't install any firmware updates. You're just asking for trouble. Yep. Most of the time when you install these these hacks, you are you do something so that you can't up contact the update servers or you turn off the ability to automatically install updates that get downloaded. So just don't do it. When the and I know it's hard because I think the PlayStation 4, it'll pop up when it's downloaded the update. Like, yo, you want to update? And you gotta be careful to make sure you're like yes or no. Yeah, because there's no Best. confirmation. <laughs> if you hit yeah, that there button, really is it's no gone. confirmation. It's gone. Yeah. Best practice is basically there are a few places where you can find communities that are uh, essentially uh, dedicated to this kind of stuff. This kind of stuff. So GBA Temp, Reddit. Uh, there are some people on Twitter like Oatmeal Dome. They're usually one of the few people you'll you'll see saying whether or not an, an update is is safe to install. So uh, check those places first. Just make sure that you're not going to fuck up any of your any of your uh, hacked consoles by uh, updating to a new firmware. And this also applies to the, like I said, to the PlayStation 3 and PlayStation Vita, PlayStation 4. If you're if you're using the custom firmware or a firmware that's able to be hacked, don't update these fucking updates. Just leave it alone. Search, search online first. Search yeah. online first. You know what I mean? Do you remember? I think it was somewhere around like eight or ten years ago. There was um, uh, an update to the PS4 when it was still kind of fresh and running. And it was like a people downloaded it that day that it came out and it literally just fucking bricked their PS4s. Um, and it was people without firmware up without like custom firmware or anything like that. So I, I say even if you're uh, a, a normal console user, if you don't have to fucking do the update, just give it a couple days. Let that motherfucker sit because just like any company, they, they tend to make mistakes and push out like buggy shit sometimes. So this isn't video game related, but following up with that, I was looking for some HomePods from Apple. So HomePods are the big dick versions of the, the mini pods that they have. Apple discontinued the HomePods, the big, the big boys. But what I found out when I was looking through eBay is that there are some HomePods that were affected by an update that Apple pushed. So what ended up happening is that you installed the update to your HomePod you disconnected your device from the HomePod 
and that caused it to go into a boot loop. And it's unable to be fixed. Unable to be fixed. So on eBay, you got to be careful that you don't have some of these broken HomePods there to purchase. Because if you purchase it, you're basically shit out of luck. Because you can't fix it. It's stuck in a permanent boot loop. The only solution when it happened at that point in time was to send it to Apple and they would fix it for you. That's and fucked. I don't know if, yeah, and I don't know if that's currently supported. It might, they might charge you like a couple of hundred bucks. Like, yeah, we can fix it, but it's going to cost, you know, $200 to, to send it to our factory to have somebody fuck with the firmware, fix it, and then bring it back to you. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, shit happens, man. Fuck, dude. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, f- I feel like if we don't teach anybody anything other than, you know, hey, video games are coming out. We talk a lot about it. Don't trust big corporations. <laughs> They'll fuck you over sometimes. Um, yeah, they will. But sometimes they're pretty good to us, like with the uh, PlayStation Plus coming out, right? <laughs> they got uh, some essential games coming out September 22nd. They just got announced. Uh, there are three yeah, games, and they'll be available until October 3rd, right? October 3rd. So I think for this, the essentials, the essentials I think should be available to download today or tomorrow, something okay. like that. They should be available for the next month or so. Make sure you download it. Don't be like me, where I signed up for PlayStation Plus way back in the day, and the first year, I just assumed it was all added to my account. You have to actually physically go into yes, the you do. PS Store, download it in order for it to be added. So the three games that we're going to get for PlayStation Plus Essentials, Need for Speed Heat. Haven't played this, but IGN says that Need for Speed Heat is a mosaic of existing ideas, but it is easily the most impressive Need for Speed game in years. So, sounds great. Yep. I'm going to gonna download it. Probably won't play it, but it sounds like it's going to be the best Need for Speed game. The next one we have is Grand Blue Fantasy Versus. And IGN says that this four-button four Japanese fighting game is made up of light, medium, and heavy attacks alongside a character-specific finisher similar to the Street Fighter V's V-Skills. And its automatically implemented combos make it one of the best entry points to the fighting genre out there. And the next one I hadn't heard of, Toem. Is it Toem? I think it's Toem. I think it is. So IGN says that Toem is a short, satisfying little photography adventure packed with witty writing, goofy yet grounded characters, and a wealth of interesting, picturesque moments to capture. Though simple to complete, its diorama-like maps, cartoon style, and pleasing music and sounds make it an inviting world to stay in long enough to uncover all its secrets. Sounds like right up your alley. When I think about it, Bradley. Yeah, yeah, I know. All actually all three of these. Dude, I fucking love racing games. Uh Need for Speed is my shit back in the day. Um Grand Blue Fantasy, big fucking anime fighter uh game. The four button style, they probably would have had a better uh analogy with Dragon Ball Fighter Z. Or Dragon Ball Fighters, whatever people are fucking calling it, it's the same. It's the same exact shit. Um, and then Toem, uh, I just love. I love cute indie games, man. I can play them all day long. Um, you know, they're just like we've talked about before. It's a short uh, investment in time. You get a little bit of story. You get you catch some fills at the end. And you're like, oh, that was cute. You turn the motherfucker off. <laughs> you know. Yeah, you sold. You just sold me on it. I think I'm gonna try it out. Yeah, 
it's free why not yeah and i'm sure it's a you know in comparison to grand blue fantasy and need for speed it's probably a much smaller download size so probably i mean i will say that grand blue fantasy this is gonna give me a reason to actually try out the series because i've never i've never tried one out before the only thing i will say is that i really love their ability to take 3d models and translate that into a anime aesthetic like really well done like you don't it's hard to tell that they're actually 3d models it almost looks like somebody went through the painstaking process of drawing 2d art in order to put it in the game yep and i want to say that it's also because of the their animation uh they seem to animate it similar to uh anime mm -hmm. on t that you would see on tv so you don't you don't get like the game may run at 60 frames per second but the animation doesn't yeah yeah so they the give animation, you the 24 frames or whatever so it's yeah. cinematic so it's very cinematic and it feels like a a live anime game that you're playing although that you get the ability to have like 3d 3d perspectives when when needed so it's really cool so i actually want to download it mainly just to just to see it in action because it looks super cool some of the um the biggest dragon ball fighters videos that you'll see on like youtube and stuff it's just speaking of like 3d anime fighters they're 2d represented um it's people just watching the finishers just all of the finishers like just back to back to back like that's the highest viewed shit because people just want to see it because it feels like it, the anime that they love so but man 100%. that's yeah dude it, it looks really uh dragon ball fighters did look really good when it came yeah out. yeah really there's good. a lot of uh documentaries on how they got the uh animation into the state that it is and it took them a, a long time to try to figure it out um and it, it's cool if you haven't watched it you know go find it on youtube it's there um but it's it's a it's it's a good look at like the level of effort that goes into trying to make a 3D object feel 2D, which is fucking hard. Um, but we got a lot of other cool shit coming in with this uh, the PlayStation stuff. We got a game, some more games arriving uh, to extra and premium subscribers on September 20th. Yes. So if you if you are Mr. Moneybags and you decided to drop drop coin on the higher tier versions of PlayStation Plus for for PlayStation Plus Extra. You're gonna be getting Assassin's Creed Origins, Watch Dogs 2, Dragon Ball Xenoverse 2, excuse me, Spirit Fair Farewell Edition, Chicory, A Colorful Tale, Monster Energy Supercross 5. What the fuck? <laughs> it's a Supercross game, what can I yeah. say? <laughs> Alex Kidd and Miracle World DX, Rabbids Invasion, the interactive TV show, Rayman Legends and Scott Pilgrim versus the World the game. For people who decided to drop all of your money on PlayStation Plus Plus Premium, you're getting Siphon Filter 2 for the PS1, The Sly Collection on PS3, Sly Cooper Thieves in Time for PS3, Bentley's Hack Pack for PS3, Toy Story 3, yay, on PSP, and Kingdom of Paradise on PSP. Got some, they got some bangers in there. Uh, Spiritfarer is yeah, crazy fucking good. Chicory, crazy good. Uh, Monster Hunter Energy Supercross Five, probably the best hands down top tier Monster Hunter en Energy Supercross game that you could play. Uh, so give that a shot. <laughs> yeah, uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the World. 
the game. Uh, goddamn, if it's not the best beat em up that's ever been created, uh, side scrolling uh, type of game. You you gain levels, you get cool abilities, and like as you go through the game, it just is more and more fun. It follows the story of the movie in a 2D fashion. Holy shit, if you haven't played it, just, just fucking play it. Just fucking play it. It's good. It's a short game. Yeah, I think Rayman Legends is supposed to be a really good platformer, too. Yeah, so yeah. Check those out. They've, they've released not, Rayman Legends a couple times uh, on, on different platforms, so if you've missed out on it, this is a good way to fucking play through it. Yeah, I'm not really super impressed with the, the premium classics, so... Um, I'm hoping that, I guess the Sly Collection, I want to say that's the Sly Collection. I think that was a Sly Cooper Collection. So if you were into that series, you should be getting, should be getting all of them. Yeah. As well as, as well as Thieves and Thieves in Time, which I guess was a, was another game on the PS3 that before the collection or after the collection. Came after out. the collection. Yeah, I think so. But yeah. So, uh, uh, like you said, Spirit Fair, I'm super interested in actually trying it out. The farewell edition includes all of the content updates that they've received for the game, so um, I want to I want to see what it what all the fuss was about. It looks it looks super cool for sure. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think it's a game that I'm gonna fuck around with when uh, when I get a chance. And these uh, inside of the extra and premium classic games, you uh, you don't have to download these. They're always fucking there, and until they're not. So that's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah, this is this is kind of like Game Pass. Yeah. For the <clears throat> for the extra and premium tiers for PlayStation Plus, so they're just there until, as Bradley said, they're not. So we don't. I don't think we've heard of any games that have actually left extra and premium tiers yet. Gotta so, not. That shit's so fucking new. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So for the time being, it seems like everything that uh, Sony has announced is still a part of the platform. So go in and check it out. Mm -hmm. And then up next, uh, a, a game that I played for a little bit, the uh, Mario Kart World Tour, uh, or just Mario Kart Tour. Uh, they're removing the gotcha pipe system later in September uh, because that was kind of a fucking pain. What, what are they saying about this thing? Yeah, it is a pain. I wasn't a fan of the pipe system either. So they're getting rid of the gotcha pipe system, but they're replacing it with something uh, called Spotlight Shop, which is going to be a new in-game item store. That's going to be part of Mario Kart Tour, and that is going to play the replace the you know the pull to fire pipe mechanic that you were using to you know spend your rubies on, so that way you could get new drivers, carts, and gliders. So this new Spotlight Shop is supposed to be a rotating set of drivers, carts, and gliders that you're going to be able to purchase directly using the in-game currency what we don't know right now is exactly how much these items are going to cost so i think the the gotcha pipe system was 10 rubies i think you could spend like 10 rubies in order to pull the fire and then you would get whatever the from what i've heard the gotcha pipe system also didn't have any duplicates so there wasn't any wasn't any fear of getting duplicate items or anything like that. But now that you don't have to use the gotcha mechanic, how much are these items going to cost? You know, yeah. You're used to spending 10 rubies to pull. 
Are you going to be okay spending like thirty dollars or thirty rubies to purchase a specific driver instead? Yeah, because you know I mean, that, yeah, because I guess that's like the big question: are the the gliders, the carts, the the fucking drivers, are they all going to be separate tiers? Are certain drivers going to be like premium tier? So now they're like 40, 50, 60, 80 rubies, right? That's yeah. that's typically how these people, uh, how game systems like to do it. Um, so they'll have tiers in, inside of these subsections. Um, but we also don't have an idea on how long the rotations are going to be. Is it right. things rotate in and out daily? Or are they monthly? Or are they quarterly? Which could be pretty fucking toxic <laughs> to be fair uh yeah so i mean regardless it may or may not improve your your experience with mario kart tour it's mm -hmm. this is yet to be seen we, we're not gonna really find out about it until later this month yeah in september one thing to look forward to is there's actually a new battle mode though so along with what they're doing here you will have a new battle mode so you know the the old balloon system uh, you know, throwing items to, to pop the other players' balloons, things like that. That sounds fun. That mm -hmm. sounds fun. But like you, I, I want to say that I want to, I played maybe for like a week or two after the game came out. One of the fucked up things is, is that they, they present it like you're actually playing against other players. But initially, what came to light was that you're actually playing against bots. The only thing they did was took the names from other people and they added to the bots that make it feel like you were playing against other people but you actually weren't yeah they have added real multiplayer apparently since then sometime in 2020 but i stopped playing way before that so I, I don't know i don't know what the experience is like i haven't heard i haven't really heard about mario kart tour since the early release so maybe it's maybe it's working out for for nintendo i don't know yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. I like you. I, uh, I played in the beginning. Uh, I gave it up pretty quick because it wasn't. You don't really control anything. Like your cart's essentially on rails, and then you use items and brake and gas and shit like that. But yeah, yeah. It, I, I didn't, I didn't really like the progression through the cups in the game. Some of those challenges suck. Yeah, some of those challenges suck, and it felt like the the random the random carts and drivers and shit that you were getting from the pipe system it sucked because certain drivers and gliders gave you bonuses when you were completing objectives in the cups mm -hmm. and if you didn't get those specific those specific items then you were really working to get your multipliers up and things like that and it always felt like i was just had the you know, my legs cut out from under me, underneath me when it came to attempting to get all of these, all of these challenges, getting the highest tier for a course in order to get more rubies to spend on more gliders and things like that. It sucked. I, I'm, I know this is typical of gotcha games, but man, not happy. Yeah. I, I just wish they rewarded your time a lot more effectively, uh, inside of the games. Uh, I know gotcha games and 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 most most multiplayer style games uh, really want higher user engagement. Uh, so keeping you in the game, keeping you tied to these stupid quests, keeping you tied to like dumb shit. Uh, you know, gating content behind 
hours of play for no reason. Like, hey, this content comes out on Monday, and then next Monday you get this other shit, and the Monday after that you get a little bit more, and then you know, six weeks from now, you essentially get the whole patch and then you get two weeks to play it and we're on to the next shit. So like, I don't know. I just, I, I feel like games like this, uh, MMOs, gotcha games, all that shit. They, they're all the fucking same to me. Um, I, I'm glad that Nintendo's seeing that they made a big mistake here with the, <laughs> with the gotcha. <laughs> yeah. And they're, they're, they're fixing it, uh, and giving it more of a, Hey, you've played a lot. Let let's reward you by allowing you to purchase the shit that you you actually want, or or allowing you to purchase the characters that you're missing. Uh, and I I think that's a lot better than just gambling away over and over and over again, hoping that you get you know Luigi so yeah. that he can you know slow motion look back over his shoulder in disappointment. So. <laughs> oh, they should just, they should play that every time you launch the game. <laughs> that. Every time you you uh, you gamble, it's just Luigi, and he's like, "I can't believe you fucking did this again." Um, but I don't know, man. We we got we got better news, I think. Um, we got better news. Yeah. yeah, we got Tokyo Game Show 2022 streaming just fucking released. Uh, I'm fucking excited. You want to talk about it? Right. So we just went through Gamescom. Yeah. Gamescom was a little bit more. A little bit more i guess interesting i want to say because we had some some new things shown off to us there tokyo game show not not so much we're not going to have a whole bunch of information about unreleased games although we do have one coming up in the schedule that we're going to talk a little bit about so a lot of the stuff that's going to be on the tokyo game show and you're going to hear me open up another beer hell yeah so a lot of the stuff that we're going to hear from the and this thing is about to just just like a, how what happened whenever you opened up your last one. <laughs> just you know, just spill gonna, it fucking just everywhere. All over. It'll be on my lap, I, on, my, on my feet. I'm just going to live with it. Fuck it. I have paper towels over here just for that. Dude, I had, I thought for sure that last, that last time that I spilled beer all over my floor last episode. Um, I thought I had it well and cleaned up. I came back out here. I touched the floor. The whole fucking floor around my desk was sticky as shit, dude. I it was the beer. It was the beer for sure that beer, was on it the was floor. Absolutely beer. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely what nothing else. It was definitely nothing else. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> so, right before I get into Tokyo Game Show, I will say that the 903, the that ghost butter chocolate chip. No, I had the ghost. The ghost was uh, when it when it warms up a little bit, it's it's a little bit easier. Mm -hmm. The uh, I don't know. So I think when it's too cold, the the saltiness really like attacks your mouth. The the nine hundred three though, rice crispy, uh, peanut butter chocolate chip, that kind of comes through with the smell, a little bit of the flavor. Mm -hmm. Not too bad. Not too bad. I'm impressed. Hell yeah. I'm impressed. I, one, one one out of ten. What would you give it? No, let me take another step. I'll probably give it a maybe a seven. That ain't bad. There's something there's something when you take a nice a nice swig where you I guess because it hits your nose, right? Mm -hmm. And you're getting that that peanut butter and that chocolate chip, but there's there's something at the back. There's something at the back when you take a, a big gulp that 
That is, that's kind of off. And that's that's the reason why I'm deducting a little bit more. Mm. Do you think otherwise, it, tasty. Do yeah. you think it's the sup dog that's catching you in the back of your throat? What's up, dog? I don't know. What's up with you? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for buying into it. Uh, I, I had to. God. All right. Well, while Bradley it. goes and just in high fives himself, I'm going to go ahead and talk about the Tokyo <laughs> Game Show. <laughs> oh, shit, dude. All right. So we do have, for the YouTube watchers, we do have the schedule uh, scrolling up through through our video right now. Just just to let you know, these are all times and dates based on Japanese local time. So the dates that you see there may not exactly coincide with the date in the U.S. because of how Japanese, um, I think it's standard time or something like that, Japanese time converts over to if you're in the U.S., which I think most of our listeners are inside of the U.S., how it converts over. So let me just be aware. Did you know that all of China is one time zone? You knew that? Okay. I did not know that. All right. Anyways, sorry to interrupt. I just thought that was some interesting news. <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> so Tokyo Game Show should be across four days. I think it's about four days. It's starting on Thursday. And remember, this is this is Japanese, so it could start maybe on a Wednesday morning for you, or, uh, or I don't know. I forget. I forget what the, the conversion is with the time the time zone. But starting on Thursday, September fifteenth, we're gonna have a couple of companies. A couple of interesting companies uh, for the Tokyo Game Show. One called Gamera Games. They are a publisher, mainly known for Iconoclasts and El Shaddai Ascension of the Metrotron HD Remaster. No idea what they're going to be showing off. They haven't announced anything that they're going to be presenting, so I want to say that they have like a half-hour spot. So they could be talking about some upcoming games from developers uh, that they're going to be publishing. Microsoft is going to be part of it. Microsoft is going to have a half-hour block. Unsure of what they're going to be talking about. Microsoft doesn't have the best reputation with Japanese gamers as far as Japanese-centric titles. It wasn't until, I think, the Xbox and Xbox 360 where they had a decent showing for those consoles. But they pretty much, excuse me, ignored Japan in the Xbox One and in the Series X roll out so it'll be interesting to see what they what they have to talk about next up we also have a, a game uh, publisher called Gree. Gree owns two publisher uh, two developers one called right flyer studios they have developed mm -hmm. another eden on ios android and pc platforms and echoes of mana the ios and android port for that game Gree also owns a company called poke labo or pokey labo the developer of Poke Labo developed a game called Sinnoh Alice, which is a game directed by Yoko Taru, uh, a man Bradley and I have great respect for and love mm -hmm. a lot of the stuff that he does. So they developed a iOS, Android, and PC version of those games. So hopefully they have some cool stuff to, to show off. It seems like it's going to be more mobile-centric than anything else. So... 
I don't know. It's probably not something I'm going to be interested in, but if if we get some some bangers from like Yoko Taro, another Eden, uh, they had the composer for Xenogears who composed music for another Eden, so that's one of the reasons why I'd be interested to see what they have to say about that. The next up we have Bandai Namco, who's going to be presenting some items. Uh, they have a lot of they have a lot of games that they're going to be showing information on. A lot of them are already released, but some of the unreleased titles that they're going to be giving us more information about are going to be Doraemon's Story of Seasons, Friends of the Great Kingdom, Dragon Ball The Breakers, a little bit more information about that, Lego Brawls, One Piece Odyssey, Park Beyond, which we talked about last week, Sword Art Online, Alisation like Cross, like Lycoris, I'm not a Sword Art You came art close. You came close. Psycho no Tatsujin Rhythm Festival and the Ultra Kaiju Monster Rancher game, which is seeing a Western release. I don't know if it's an official Western release or if, if there's uh, a Play Asia, like Asia version of the game mm. that's going to have English in it. So we'll see. <clears throat> uh, next up, we have Capcom. And this is actually a stream you may be able to catch. In, in the U.S. because Capcom is going to be having a streaming uh, streaming show from 7 a.m. Pacific to 10 a.m. 10 a.m. Eastern on Thursday, September 15th, where they're going to go over Street Fighter VI. They're going to have a brand new trailer, and they're going to give us a little bit more information about some of the characters of the game. They're going to talk about their world tour and the Battle Hub modes. So definitely tune in then if you want to hear a little bit more about that. They're also going to tell us a little bit more about Exo Primal. They're going to give us a little bit more updates on the game, including some of the characters, exosuits, and apparently they're going to have more uh, new information that they haven't talked about yet as part of this uh, streaming show. Before before also, we get into the next one. What's up? I just, this 903 Neapolitan fucking strawberry chocolate vanilla bean stout. I wish you were here just so you could smell it. It is chocolate with strawberry puree it is the most decadent smelling fucking beer it that i've ever had in my entire life it is goddamn perfect on the nose anyways keep going <laughs> just, before i get in, before i get into that though before yeah. i get into the next game i want to ask you just a question about that mm -hmm. is this something that was is it already gone through its limited limited run I don't know. For, for stores? I don't know. I just... I we just saw it I, I, at HEB. Uh, yeah. uh, when? Uh, fuck, like... Saturday. Last Saturday is when I got it. Saturday? Okay. Yeah. So you might still be able to find some. Holy fucking shit, dude. This is... So did they have it? Did they have it in their little box where they stack the cans? Or did it was it like on a, on a ring pack? It was singles. It was singles? Yeah. Okay. Okay, I, yeah. I went to a different HEB to get to get some of the singles I had. I'm gonna go to a few more to check out what they got. Yeah, I think so. I think this was somewhere between, uh, I, I would I would I think between nine and twelve dollars a can. Again, yeah, damn, yeah. But again, it is twelve point three percent ABV. Um, it is a a limited run reserve that they have of just one of their their stouts that they. They put in with vanilla, chocolate, and strawberry, which is why they call it the Neapolitan. Shit, dog. Try to look, I'm gonna look for it. 
Wolfsburg for sure. All right. <laughs> All right. So next up on Capcom stream, we're going to have Monster Hunter Rise Sunbreak. We're going to get information about the title update two, which is arriving in autumn of 2022. So we're going to get more information about the free update that they're going to be adding to Monster Hunter Rise Sunbreak. Next up, they're going to also be talking about Resident Evil Village. <clears throat> so more information about Resident Evil Village Gold, which is going to take the base Resident Evil game and wrap it up with all of these the the new DLC uh, story that they're that they're going to be showing off with. Uh, I want to say it's the uh, main character's daughter. So we're going to go and play through that DLC stuff. We're going to get some more multiplayer in, uh, aspects of it. We're going to get the PlayStation VR 2 mode. So we're going to get a little bit more information about, I guess, what the what this Vi Resident Evil Village Gold Edition package is going to encompass. The one thing that they haven't, they didn't call out specifically, but what they showed off on their website. So if you go to Capcom's website, that actually shows off what they're going to be talking about during the Tokyo Game Show. They have Resident Evil Village with the PlayStation VR 2 logo attached to the attached to the card. So it sounds like we're going to get some information about the VR mode that's coming to Resident Evil Village and maybe we're going to get some some actual gameplay from that unreleased VR2 headset hardware or maybe they're going to show off an approximation of what we should expect. That's when sick as PlayStation fuck. PlayStation VR2 comes. That's I'm so looking, fucking sick. I'm looking forward to it. I want to hear more about PlayStation 2 VR. Same. Or PlayStation VR2. It's it sounds like it's going to be super expensive. So if you thought paying $500, $600 for a PlayStation 5 sucked, I guarantee you're probably going to play just as much for this PlayStation VR 2 hardware. It's going to yeah. be expensive. Yeah, you're going to have to save up. Yeah, you are. <laughs> and last up on Capcom's stream for Thursday, we're going to have Mega Man Battle Network Legacy Collection. So more information regarding the games that are going to be included in the collection, as well as additional features that are planned for the Mega Man Battle Network Legacy Collection. So we'll hear more about that on Thursday. Hell so, yeah. I don't know. So out of everything you've seen, is there is there something that kind of that kind of sticks out to you that you might want to check out on Thursday, Bradley? Yeah, I, I'm excited to see what Gamera Games has. Uh El Shaddai was kind of fucking rad back in the day. Um that is if 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 they're doing the remaster, all that shit, I I'm for it. That's a game that I missed out on. It was a game that I wanted to play back in the day, but uh, it came out when I was super poor and in college, so I skipped out on it. And then the Mega Man Battle Nega ah, Mega Man Battle Network Legacy Collection. That's a fucking mouthful. Um, that twelve percent is gonna is gonna really affect that. Yeah, it's it's about to creep up real, real quick. Um, I'm mildly dehydrated, by the way, from like the deadlifts and. Uh, <laughs> I hit I hit 425 today. I feel really fucking good about that. But uh, because of the dehydration uh, aspect of sweating so much during that process, the beer is hitting hard already. So this 12.3 percent is gonna be fucking nutty. Uh, but yeah, with the Mega Man uh, Battle Network Legacy Collection, it's a game series that I slept on during college as well. And like I said before, when we talked about it, there were there were people that I knew that I used to pick on for playing it. 
And now that I've seen, like, uh, bless his heart, uh, you know, Mark, if you're out there, I hope you're doing well. I really do. Uh, sorry I picked on you so much. But the, um, and maybe, maybe, you know what, maybe I didn't pick on him in front of his face and so maybe he didn't know. And if you ever listened to this, uh, I'm really super sorry you're finding out it this way. Uh, but <laughs> we, uh, you know, I, I think it's, I think it's a, uh, a good series. Uh, you get it. They did it a lot like the Pokemon red and blue type of thing. So, you, you know, um, two simultaneous games that have different little bits of information between them. So in the, I don't know, what is it like 12 games that you're getting on there? You're really only getting like six or seven. It's, it's nutty. It's, nutty. Yeah. it's, it's, I want to say that it's probably six, six main games. Yes. And then half of them have, an additional, like you said, like a Pokemon style where they have a, you know, different colored version of yeah. the same game. What about you, man? What are, what are you pumped about in this? As I look over it, the, the, the Gree company, the, the people who own the, the developers who created another Eden and the Sinnoh Alice games. I'm actually interested to see if they're going to announce something new. I'm, I'm probably not going to play it, but I'm also a big, soundtrack collector so i actually own copies of the Sinnoh alice and another eden soundtracks because they're so good they're so good so i'm hoping that they come out with something else maybe maybe composers from from you know former square enix composers that may be creating music for for another another mobile game that they may be coming out with so Dude. i'm hoping that we get a little bit something like that uh, all of those, all of those uh, anime-inspired games always have banger soundtracks, even on mobile. Uh, even the uh, dude, God, what is it? Near uh, reincarnation. Yeah, that soundtrack is a fucking banger, dude. Uh, so yep. it, it'll be cool to see, you know, if Yoko Taro has some like um, work on some of the stuff that they're doing at uh, Poke Lab, Poke Labo. Yeah. So something like that. Yeah, because uh, <clears throat> from what I'm seeing here, Sinnoh Alice had Koichi Okabe. I think he was the composer for some of the near games. I want to say that he was composer for some of the near games. I might be talking out of my ass. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? I'm sure someone out there knows. Uh, the internet knows for sure. Man. But yeah, good, uh, good composer. The Sinnoh Alice soundtrack was great. And for another Eden... Let me just look up real quick because it's gonna it's gonna bother the hell out of me. Um, <laughs> Yasunori Matsuda. So Yasunori Matsuda, uh, a famed Square Enix composer. Yeah. Composed game, composed music for another Eden, and it's fucking amazing. So I hope we get something, some more along that line. Yeah. Uh, after that, I think it's mainly just Capcom. I'm really interested in learning a little bit more about Street Fighter VI, maybe some more gameplay, and the Resident Evil Village stuff. I'm super into it. I want to see specifically if we're going to get some PlayStation VR 2 stuff. Same. Same. I actually... So, where this is being released, probably around the Labor Day uh, holiday, Best Buy, and I think most retailers, they actually took $100 off the PlayStation VR 1 bundle. So, I bought from Best Buy the Iron Man PlayStation VR bundle for like 250 which still seems super expensive but it's like 350 normally we we still don't really know if the 
if the games oh, are yeah. going to be backwards compatible. We don't know if the games are going to be backwards compatible. I guess in order to in order to avoid the disappointment that I'm not going to be able to play PlayStation VR one games on the VR two, I went ahead and bought the I bought the stupid bundle. You know, I don't this blame was, you. They they did yeah. just cancel the new Iron Man game though. Did they? Yeah. I didn't didn't hear about that. And the and I'm spending this 250 bucks specifically for one game. There is a From Software game on PlayStation VR called I think it's like Darascene or something like that. I don't really know what it's about or what it is. It looks kind of spooky. And I want to experience it on PlayStation VR. So that's what I'm going to do. And I think I have to order a, an adapter in order to use it on the PlayStation 5. There's also There's also uh Trover Saves the Universe, which is a Squatch Games game that's only well, on that's VR right. too. So there's two yeah. games, right? Worth Yeah, I'm I'm I'm, I'm 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 buying it right. I'm buying this motherfucker <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. Converted somebody. Yeah. All right, so that's Thursday. Yep. That's Thursday. On Friday, we're going to have... I think Friday is going to be the the main meet of the Tokyo Game Show because we have a ton of... We have a ton of amazing shit that's happening on, on Friday, September 16th. So first off, we're going to have 505 Games. 505 is the publisher for Rabbit and Bear Studios developed Yuden Chronicle 100 Heroes game. I'm assuming we're maybe going to hear more about the Uden Chronicle game? I don't know. We better. I hope so. I backed it a long time ago, just waiting for that thing to be released. After that, we have Koei Tecmo, and specifically this presentation. I don't know if it's going to be streamed <clears throat> specifically when our time slot is, but this is going to be 3 a.m. Pacific, 6 a.m. Eastern, so I don't I don't anticipate anybody on the U.S. actually, actually uh, logging in to see this. But we will get more information about Wolong and the Fallen Dynasty. More information and live gameplay of this game. That is the Teen, Nim Teen Ninja game that is kind of Souls-like, Neo-like that we talked about last week. So, really excited for that game. Hoping that, game looks, that game looks so fucking good, dude. Yeah, it does. And then we also get more information about a new Gust title. So, Gust is particularly known for the alchemy crafting role-playing game. I want to say it's called Atelier. That is the right. Atelier series. It is Atelier. Yeah. So maybe we're going to get a new Atelier game. The, the I think the other game that I know of, I think it's called Blue Reflection, which is super anime and super waifu inspired. Next up after Koei Tecmo, we have Sega Atlas. From Sega, we're going to be hearing a little bit more about Sonic Frontiers. We're getting closer to the release date, so they're probably going to show us a little bit more about that. Virtua Fighter 5. On the Atlas side of that, we're going to get information about Persona 5 Royal, Persona 4 Golden, and Persona 3 Portable. So those games were announced recently that they were coming to PC and Xbox. Yeah, like a so month made, ago? Something like that, about a the, month. The Summer Games ago. Fest, I think, is when they announced yeah. those. Yeah. So, hopefully we get a little bit more information. I think Persona 5 Royal is the only one that's really coming up soon. The rest are coming in, I think, later on. I don't know if we actually have release dates. No, we didn't Konami, get release dates. Yeah. 
Konami comes up after Sega Atlas. On the Konami side, the big thing that if, that has kind of exploded around the Tokyo Game Show is that they're talking about an unannounced title. The thing is, though, we probably have to tailor our expectations about what this unannounced title is going to be. So Video Game Chronicle reported that from a publishing source, this game reveal is going to be from a smaller project. And it's not going to be related to Castlevania, Silent Hill, or Metal Gear Solid. So if you were hyped up about Konami announcing remakes or something from those three series, it's probably not going to be here. Probably not going to be here. Damn. What we do know is we have a voice actor who's going to be taking the stage during this during this stream. Yuki Kaji. Yuki Kaji, the only thing that we've found that he has voiced, as far as Konami's concerned, are two Suikoden games, or maybe three, I forget. So the thinking is that we're going to hear about another Suikoden game. Can you imagine how fucking dumb that would be on their part to release Su Suikoden or Suikoden uh, on the heels of... E, e whatever that fucking Chronicles game is, Eodian, Eodian, whatever the fuck the the new one that's coming out. This... Yeah, I could I could see that happening. The same what a thing fucking nightmare. With, the same thing is happening with the Callisto Protocol. True, true. You're getting the remake yeah. of uh, Dead Space One plus Callisto Protocol around the yeah. same time. And I didn't add it to this to this to this pod uh, yeah. on an official basis, but the I forget who it was from the Callisto Protocol dev team. It might have been like the CEO or something like that. Was was bragging about how many hours and how many days the dev team is working to get the game out. So they're in crunch. Apparently they're in heavy crunch. Because they want to get the Callisto Protocol out before the Dead Space remake comes out. Yeah, if not, you know? they're fucked. Like <laughs> They're fucking they're dead fucked. in the water. Yep. So it could be, it could be like you said, Maybe Suikoden and Yuden Chronicles, they're attempting to release first in order to, to, I guess, take the wind out of the sails from the from the game, I guess, that hasn't been, like, they haven't had a, a mainline game in this for years and years and years. So I, they're just like, nah, bitch, like, you're not going to make a spiritual successor. We're going to, we're going to put out a real version of the game. I hope, I hope we're wrong. I hope Video Game Chronicles wrong, and I hope we get something in the Silent Hill line, or or in in, in a fucking series that everyone fucking loves. I mean, everybody loves uh, Suikoden games, right? But or Suikoden games. But I I would I would much rather see like right now. I'd much rather see a uh, a return to form with Silent Hill before anything else and any of those other IPs. And I, I love Castlevania. Fuck it. In comparison to coming back with a good Silent Hill game, you know that Silent Hill is coming out with something uh, on the on that side. <laughs> so the Bloober team is supposed to be working. This the Bloober team worked on a game series called Layers of Fear, and they mm -hmm. also worked on a game called The Medium, which was I want to say PS5. It was one of the one of the first current gen games that supported only PS5 and Xbox Series X consoles. So they've developed that, and apparently they've also been successful in pitching a Silent Hill 2 remake. 
In fact, I want to say that today, which is September 4th, there was a leak of some of the some of the screenshots from the pitch that Bloober Team submitted to Konami in order to get a Silent Hill 2 remake greenlit. From what we understand at this point in time, Konami agreed. So Silent Hill 2 Remake is currently in production, as well as I think some other side Silent Hill games, which I want to say is currently rumored to be handled by Annapurna. So Annapurna is doing some sort of episodic Silent Hill. I love it. Series. I love it, yeah. dude. Annapurna can do no fucking wrong in my mind right now, dude. But we got some we got some other shit coming in too, right? Yeah, so Konami. Konami is also some, I mean, it's kind of exciting, I guess. So Konami, other outside of the unannounced title, they're going to have Super Bomberman R2 to be in there. I just want to say fuck Konami for the yeah. Super Bomberman R game that released on Switch. You guys are pieces of shit. Yep, fuck you. Please do better. Yes. There's also some Yu-Gi-Oh! titles that are going to show up in Konami's stream. A whole bunch of them. Goddamn, a whole bunch of them. Cross Duel. Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Links, Master Duel, Rush Duel, Dawn of the Battle Royale, extra exclamation marks, Let's Go, Go Rush, extra exclamation marks. I cannot believe that's the whole title of the game. Let me, love their let, me, let me reread this. The game is Yu-Gi-Oh! Rush Duel, Dawn of the Battle Royale, Let's Go, Go Rush. That is the most ridiculous fucking title all the rest of them are just like pretty pretty simple like cross duel yeah. duel links master duel they're boring as fuck then there's no exclamation points this motherfucker's got multiple multiple and the part where we you would really expect hella excitement is let's go only one exclamation point go rush bitch <laughs> go rush no, let's go Let, let's yeah. go it's almost it's almost it's almost like a battle cry you know, yeah, Dawn of the Battle Royale. Let's go, go rush! Damn, you got a future in voice acting. Uh, I, I feel it. Not. I feel it in you. Um, so if you're a Yu-Gi-Oh fan, you got you got too many fucking games coming at you. So good luck there. We got uh, some partner titles though coming in. Yeah, so Konami is also doing a um, their their live stream. It also involves partner titles, which I'm not really too sure how they're necessarily connected. Um, but Chorus Worldwide is, I want to say that they're a publisher. They're a publisher for these pixel narrative indie games. So what we're going to be seeing at this Tokyo Game Show stream from Konami is a game called The Space for the Unbound, Coffee Talk Episode 2, Hibiscus and Butterfly, and Read-Only Memories Neurodiver. They all look really kind of interesting. They all seem to employ a pixel aesthetic for for their games. And again, they seem to be completely narrative driven. So this is the first time I've actually... I've heard of Coffee Talk. I didn't know there was an episode 2 coming out. But I think I'm going to take a closer look at some of these games. Because Same. We, have a, we have a ton... We have a ton of like AAA, AA games coming out. I want to see some of like the, the smaller, interesting games. Yeah, I, I feel like you have you just like with actors and actresses, I feel like you you have a lot more fun in that B to D tier, you know? Yeah. Because those motherfuckers let loose, you know. Uh versus like Brad Pitt who is just like 
way too attractive for his own fucking good. Um, <laughs> but we got some other shit coming in from Falcom. I'm I'm pumped as fuck for this. A new The Legend of Heroes yeah, Legend game. Of Heroes. Yeah, so there's a Legend of Heroes game called Kuro no Kiseki 2 Crimson Sin. I want to say that this is Japanese only for the time being. Fuck them. Right. But, you know, this is a this is a game show or not a game show, but a a, a show, a games show directed at Japanese customers. So fuck you, Bradley. It's not all about you <laughs> in America. That's true. Be hearing more about Legend of Heroes, maybe even potentially a Western release if it's not released currently in on the West or not planned for the time being. So we'll see. Also, a partner partner titles that we're going to be hearing from is a company called In In Games. In In Games is developing, and I've heard a little bit of rumblings about this, a game called Osman. So Osman is a 1996 arcade action platformer, which was supposed to be a spiritual successor to the Strider game Ooh. in the arcades. So just like how we have the Embracer Group acquisition that are kind of aiming towards like the retro games, it does appear that we're going to be getting some more retro titles, specifically from In-In Games. So a Osman... <gasps> We played. Port we played Osman. Did we? Yeah, we played it at. Um, fuck, dude. What is this? What was that place that we go to sometimes? In Houston? No, 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 no. Magfest. We played it at Magfest. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna put it. I'm gonna put it in the background here. You'll see it. Let me. Let me show you, dude. You. You're gonna see it, and you're gonna be like, "Holy shit, we did play this game." Uh. Man. Let me turn off blue lines so, here. But this... On top of Osman, we're also going to be hearing about Wonder Boy, the Ultimate Collection. I don't remember. You don't remember playing this? I don't remember playing it. Maybe I was blackout. You, I think this is the night that you were blackout drunk, but we played the fuck out of this, dude. This game fucking uh, rules. Looks... Yeah. And we're going to be getting a port to PlayStation 4 and Xbox, I do believe. Fuck yeah, that... dude. I want to say that Osman has already been announced as a, as a port. I, I think yes. I remember somebody talking about this like two years ago. I remember so apparently it, go ahead. Go yeah, ahead. So apparently it is being released on PlayStation 4 and Switch in 2023. So we, we are getting a port. That's sick as fuck, dude. It looks it looks amazing. Yeah, it's super fucking fun. Uh I mean it's it's literally Strider, but like ten times better. But we have another did you did you hit Wonder Boy collection? Hmm? Oh shit, man! I was blacked out. All right, keep going. So now we have Square Enix. Square Enix is coming, coming through. This one's gonna be a little bit, a little bit interesting because Square Enix has, I want to say, like five or six individual streams that are gonna, they're gonna encompass a couple of these, these titles. But overall, some of the titles that we expect Square Enix to come out with information on are gonna be the Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII reunion game. We're going to hear more about the Diofield Chronicle. Some Dragon Quest games, specifically Dragon Quest X. A little bit more information about the online version of Dragon Quest X. And there's also a offline version that is being released as well. I'm going to be for real. the offline version is only Japan at the moment. Oh, that sucks. That The, the Dragon Quest X game looks really fucking cool for like its chibi, chibi style. Uh, 
and I was like, man, they're they're doing a lot of animation inside of that style, man. It looks it looks nice. I'm pretty excited about it. Yeah, I'm hoping that there's going to be an English release at some point in time, but they haven't announced it. So right now it's only Japan. Mm. Uh, some more Dragon Quest games we're going to hear about are Treasures, as well as Adventures of Die, A Hero's Blood, and Adventures of Die Crossblade. Not, not too sure what those Adventures of Die games are, but they're part of the Dragon Quest series. For Final Fantasy, we're going to get a whole bunch of shit as well. Final Fantasy VII Ever Crisis, we're going to hear more about Rebirth. Final Fantasy XIV, Final Fantasy XVI, which is the next mainline Final Fantasy game that's coming out. And then Brave Exuvius, which I want to say was, was that the gotcha game? I don't know. There's, there's, yeah, there's it's like, it's, gotcha it's, games. it's got the weird, um, storylines where like it looks specifically, specifically at individual storylines that happen in different Final Fantasies. And I, okay. Yeah. I think, I think you only get certain characters from like gotcha elements. It's been forever. Yeah, I, I installed it and I was like, oh, this is neat. And then I gave it up. This it kind of looks like Final Fantasy Record Keeper that I remember playing. Yeah, Record for, Keeper is like I feel like it was a little bit better. But everybody plays fucking Brave Zevius. Tells you how much I know about Gotcha. Yeah. So some more stuff we got from Square Enix. We're gonna hear more about Forspoken. Harvestella. Near Automata End of the Yora edition, Woo. the Switch edition that's coming out. More about Star Ocean, the Divine Force, Strangers of Paradise, Final Fantasy Origin, Tactics Ogre Reborn, Valkyrie Elysium, and Power Wash Simulator. So if you were interested <laughs> in hearing more about Power Wash Simulator, strap the fuck up. It's it's such a weird lineup. It's like literally their most banger fucking RPGs, a new IP, and then Hey, you uh you hate dirty shit? <laughs> <laughs> do you check out clean porn subreddit so <laughs> that's exactly who I think that game's for yeah 100% yeah 100% God and damn. then from Capcom Capcom's gonna have two fucking showcases at the Tokyo Game Show Capcom also has a showcase and again they are exhibiting this stuff during an actual reasonable western western time zone so Capcom at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern is going to be showing off a real-time demo of the fighting grounds and world tour modes from Street Fighter VI. A whole bunch of Street Fighter VI information coming out at the Tokyo Game Show. On top of that, they're going to be introducing the vision and visuals of the Street Fighter VI game, and they're going to have three people on to help you kind of understand what their vision and the visuals of this, of this game was about. So we're going to have Sh Shuhei... Matsumoto, which is a producer on Street Fighter 6, Takayuki Nakayama, a director of Street Fighter 6, and Kanami Fujioka, which is the art director. So if you're if you're super interested in the the art style and how they came up with all of this stuff, I'm sure you're probably going to enjoy their presentation over this. And then on Saturday, which is going to be, we're going to have, this is the come down from the Tokyo Game Show. Not a whole bunch. Friday is their big banger. So Saturday, September 17th, we're going to have D3, D3 Publisher, who will, who is known for the Earth Defense Force and Omega Labyrinth games. So if you're, if you're a fan of those series, you might want to check it out. After that, we have Gung Ho Online Entertainment. They are known for 
I think they have the specific license for Ragnarok Online. So Hell they yeah. so anything with Ragnarok Online on the Japanese side, Gung Ho Online Entertainment deals with. They also did the Grandia HD collection, which I want to say was released on Steam. I don't know. And if Switch. It was, was it on Switch? Yeah. yeah so yeah. if you were if you were a fan of the Grandia one and two games from back in the day, they also were a part of the Grandia HD collection. We're also going to be hearing from Hoyoverse. I don't know what else information they could have. They did a big... They had a showing already at Gamescom. So I'm assuming that everything they're going to be talking about is going to be similar. Maybe they're going to throw in some more Genshin Impact news. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah, I don't know. And then finally on September... Sunday, September 18th, the final day of the Tokyo Game Show. The only thing that I really saw that piqued my interest was uh, 110 Industries. So 1 in 10 Industries is the publisher for a game called Wanted Dead, which is releasing on February 2023. It's supposed to be a cyberpunk hybrid slasher shooter game. It is developed by a company called Solil Limited. They are the, they are the developers for Valkyrie Elysium, the action RPG game from Square that's being published by Square Enix. That's why I listed 110 Industries, because, yo, Wanted Dead kind of looks a little cool. They're working on Valkyrie Elysium. Maybe they're both going to be dope. Hope hope, hope we get a little bit more information. I, I hope so. I mean, Valkyrie Elysium looks fucking wild. And the old Valkyrie games, from what yeah. I've seen from uh, reviews on them, they're, they're pretty fucking wild. Uh Gameplay is whatever, but like the story in them is pretty nutty. Um, so I'd like to see that whatever they're doing with the Valkyrie Elysium, which the the gameplay that we've seen so far looks pretty good. Uh, yeah. I, I hope this new um, Wanted Dead, uh, when they show it off here, is going to be kind of mind blowing. Yeah, that's exactly why I called it out. Yeah, it. I, I was super into Valkyrie Elysium already. And knowing that the same team behind Valkyrie Elysium is also doing Wanted Dead, I'm going to check it out. I'm going to check it out. So that's that's basically it. Uh, to summarize it, you know, there's not a lot of new stuff coming out. Konami's probably the, the only company that's going to drop something that should excite some people from uh, for a game series that they haven't heard from in a long time. But, I mean, outside of that, it's it's basically meant to just keep the hype rolling for the stuff that we already know about. Uh, we talked about this earlier, you know, Street Fighter 6. I'm just fiending for more information about what that's all going to be about. Uh, some of the fighters look super dope. I can't wait. PlayStation VR 2 stuff for Resident Evil Village. Super hype about that. And what can I say about Square Enix? I think I've already given them most of my money to most of the games that they've already <laughs> talked about. So <laughs> just... Just uh, make me feel good about my investment, Square Enix, please. Yeah, please. I feel the same way. And we did talk about Dragon Quest X X-10, the offline uh, portion of it. If they announce localization to, the, to English localization, that would be that would be amazing. I hope. I hope they do something like that. And we may also be hearing some more information about Final Fantasy VII Rebirth that we haven't heard from yet, so some new stuff would be cool. Same thing for Final Fantasy XVI. That's supposed to be coming, I want to say, early 2023. It kind of feels like we haven't heard a whole bunch about it, but it's coming in hot. Also, Harvestella. I'm really interested in Harvestella. 
So more information is good for me. So the one thing you might notice though, is that Sony and Nintendo are nowhere to be seen mm. in what we've in what we've talked about. Mysterious. Why do you think that is? I I want to say that we're gonna have we're gonna have a Sony a Sony Direct and a Nintendo Direct sometime sometime in the month of September. And and I you you alluded to some of this earlier, and uh, I think your Nintendo direct stuff is spot on if you want to touch on it so right now we have splatoon 3 splatoon 3 is their next big nintendo game that's about to drop splatoon 3 comes out on the 9th of september which is a friday yeah i don't expect nintendo to oh shit i almost knocked my beer i don't expect shit. nintendo i don't expect nintendo to i guess take the wind out of Splatoon 3's release by dropping some crazy shit in the in the days leading up to that to that Friday release. Because mm. if you hear like, yo, Breath of the Wild 2, that shit's coming in a couple of months. Just like fuck Splatoon 3. Who cares? Yeah, yeah you you literally may not spend your money on the Splatoon 3. You you may not even buy the fucking uh Splatoon 3 console that just came out too. Which, by the way, it looks sick as fuck if you haven't it. Looks it looks really dope. It looks my, really dope. My little brother just sent me pictures of it and I was like, I kind of wish I would have just bought into it. Yeah. No, no. Uh, I, have a, I, have a, I have a former co-worker who, who showed me his Splatoon 3 Switch. It looks really good. It looks really good. If I was a Splatoon fan, even if I was a little bit of a fan, I probably would have picked it up, but I don't give a shit about Splatoon 3, unfortunately, so I'm going to pass up on it. I, I don't want, blame you. I want a Breath of the Wild Switch, bitch. Same. I've been wanting that for a long time. Well, the God. fact that, Good luck the fact that Breath of the Wild launched with the Nintendo Switch, that was cool, but if I could have gotten, I don't know, like gold Joy-Cons or some shit like that, like that would have been fucking dope. So they need to go all out with Breath of the Wild too. They need I to agree. Some shit. I agree. So, with that being said, September 9th, that's a Friday. Mm -hmm. Tokyo Game Show starts on, let's say, the 15th. So, that's a Thursday. So, from Friday the 9th through Thursday the 15th, I tend to expect that Nintendo is going to do something within that time frame. Sony, on the other hand, maybe they want to get in front of Splatoon 3, or maybe they are going to do similar to Nintendo. They're going to they're gonna drop something in between the Tokyo Game Show stuff. So maybe next week. Maybe not next week. Say two weeks from now. So in two weeks from now, we're probably going to have another three, four hour long podcast where we talk about all the shit that Sony and Nintendo are going to be doing. Please, guys, don't do it within the same week. That's a lot of stuff to go through. Yeah. Save your poor podcasters out there. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Dude. Now to the now to the really fun stuff, mm. the tail end of the podcast, we're going to talk about acquisitions because we had some crazy acquisitions. We didn't have maybe not entirely all acquisitions, but we had a lot of investments as well. The first thing that we heard about early early last week was Sony acquiring Savage Game Studios, 
Savage Game Studios is a mobile game focused studio with locations in Berlin and Helsinki. Just like how Embracer Group was creating like their own retro retro uh, squad, this Savage Game Studio is supposed to be a, a game studio, a development studio that's going to be part of what they're calling PlayStation Studios Mobile. So this is a mobile-centric part of the PlayStation brand. They are, I guess in quotes, they are going to focus on creating mobile experiences using new and current PlayStation IP. Whatever that means. I don't know if that means that we're going to be seeing ports of some of these PlayStation games coming to mobile platforms. Ooh. It's entirely possible. Or I want to say that maybe Savage Game Studios, maybe they're part of like a, a gotcha type of Maybe they're interested in more, you know, producing gotcha games. So maybe Sony is going to be creating gotcha games, focusing on PlayStation IP. We don't know. I want to say that Savage Game Studios is also a newly formed studio. You know, they haven't been they haven't been around for too long, and I don't even think they have anything really to to show for what they've done at this point in time. But Sony apparently likes what they're what they're doing, so they went ahead and just bought them out. And then from there, we have From Software. So From Software actually issued new shares of stock to two companies, Tencent and Sony Interactive. That happened on August 31st, 2022. So the way that the From Software stuff kind of breaks down is Kotakawa Corporation owns 69, very nice, nice. percentage of, of From Software. Tencent now owns 16%, and Sony now owns 14% of From Software. If you've been living under a rock, From Software released Elden Ring, I want to say in March of 2022, and as of June 2022, sold 16 fucking million copies of the game. Holy fuck. That's a whole lot of shit. And in fact, From Software is also speculated to release some sort of Elden Ring DLC, as well as a new IP that isn't part of their Souls series or Armored Core mech game series. So an entirely new IP. I guess you would say that that's, that's one of the reasons why uh, Sony and Tencent have decided to throw some money into From Software. They I don't... maybe want to have a little bit more direction into where the company's going to be going in the future. I don't, I don't blame them. I mean, like... That one game made them 800 million fucking dollars, dude. Yeah. They, and, they, and that's, they're eating good. Yeah. Or, or did the game come out? I'm, I'm assuming... I, I remember the game coming out at 50 bucks. Did it come out at 60 bucks? 70, bitch. If you got it was on it PS5, it was 70. Holy fuck. Then my math is way wrong. They made like well over like a couple mil off of this motherfucker. I, I definitely see why everybody's dipping their toes into that shit. Everybody loved From Software, and Elden Ring was... I don't think it was a make-or-break game, but mm -mm. people were kind of worried about Elden Ring being kind of an open-world-style game. They didn't they didn't understand how maybe that would translate over. Apparently it translates very well. They did yeah. a very good job with it. Yeah. Also, I just want to call out Tencent. Okay. I don't, not calling out in the sense that I'm going to try to shame them, but calling out is just that when you see Tencent 
being thrown around. There is a very, very good reason why you see these motherfuckers everywhere. They are a Chinese holding company who has tons of fucking money to invest and purchase all kinds of shit. Yeah. This is almost kind of like knowing where your crap comes from, knowing where your, whenever you buy meat, you know, when you buy a cereal, understand that there's like three cereal, like actual own, like manufacturers and owners of these cereals, even though they have, you know, different, different company names on, on the stuff on the front, you're buying, you're buying the cereal from the same motherfucker yep. in, in, in all essence. Tencent is one of those people in the video game space. Like seriously, Tencent owns outright 100% ownership of Funcom. We talked about Funcom last week. So releasing the game like Dune Spice Wars, the RTS version of the Dune game that we heard about. I want to say that it's coming maybe 2023, maybe 2022, who knows? The Dune Awakening MMO game that's supposed to be coming out. All owned by Tencent. They also own Riot Games, League of Legends, completely owned by Tencent. So all the shit that Riot puts out, all of that stuff is owned by Tencent. They Fucking also wild. own Sumo Digital. Sumo Digital and these motherfuckers, they work on PlayStation and Xbox. They're everywhere. Sumo Digital helped with for, for, uh, Forza Horizon 5, Crackdown 3 on the Xbox side. Sumo Digital has done Little Big Planet 3 and Sackboy A Big Adventure, the PS5 game Jesus. for Sony. They also own 100% of Turtle Rock Studios. Turtle Rock did Left 4 Dead. They also did Back 4 Blood. They own 100% of those motherfuckers. They also own a majority ownership of Fat Shark. Fat Shark has done the Warhammer Vermintide games. They're also doing their Warhammer Dark Tide game that's coming out soon. Majority ownership of that company. They own 84% of Supercell, Clash of Clans, Clash Royale. 84% of those motherfuckers. 80% of Grinding Gear Games, they do Path of Exile. They have a 40% ownership stake of Epic Games, who does Fortnite. God, that's so much money they get from that game. <laughs> and we and we talked about these people earlier. They are a 22% owner of Bloober Team, who, did, who does Layers of Fear, the medium, and the rumored Silent Hill 2 remake that's supposed to be coming out on PlayStation and PC. They own 20% of Marvelous, who owns Xseed. And Xseed are, is a publisher and localizer with for games like Story of Seasons, Normal Heroes, and Rune Factory. Xseed is everywhere. I own, usually when I see Xseed on like older games, like I buy them. Because I know Same. those are like Japanese as fuck games that they decided to, to, to pull in and localize and release it to yep. the West. And on top of that, they've given just money, investment money, to companies like Discord, which we're using for this podcast, Roblox, and Platinum Games. We talked about Platinum Games and their new IP, or their finishing of that trilogy that they are attempting to get out. Yeah, Bayonetta 3. So yeah, Bayonetta 3, That's but that's a game that they're working on for another platform holder. Yeah. The, the game that they're coming out, that they're self-publishing the reason why they're doing it is because tencent gave them the money to do it mm. and so that's why platinum games is expanding so tencent also uh puts a lot of money into marvel movies so you'll see them in the credits of a lot of fucking marvel movies they do anywhere from 10 percent to 40 percent 
of uh, investment into big American movies, uh, specifically action movies and comic book movies, because that's the big money right now. They are literally fucking everywhere. They are one of the biggest investment companies in the world, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So even to compare them to Disney, I think might be doing them some disrespect. I think so too. Big to how big these people are. Tencent, if you're looking to buy out a podcast, we are here. We are Pixels and Pines. I'm Bradley. I'm Michael. And we're we would willing to, to sell out. <laughs> All right. All right. We sell out the big channel. What's up? Uh, <laughs> but they're, they're doing a lot of other shit with uh, other people too, right? Like there's uh, a speculation that's coming in. So, well, not not as far as like Tencent's concerned. Tencent owns a ton of shit. I just called out the stuff that most people would would recognize. They own, oh, okay. they have ownership stakes in a whole bunch of companies. But the next the next point that I that I brought up is mainly on the Sony side of things. So Sony's side, when we found out about the Activision Blizzard thing that went down with Microsoft, people were like, okay, yo, Sony's got to respond with something. So what are they gonna do? The two main companies that we heard about as part of the speculation is like, they're definitely going to buy, they're going to buy from software. They got to, right? Which doesn't seem to be the case because they've invested 14%. Maybe that gives them, and I don't know how Japanese, uh, owning stakes in a Japanese company works, but I want to say that on the US side at 14%, you get a, you get a board of director spot in their corporation, which means you get, you get a significant significant voting power within that corporation Mm -hmm. so sony has 14 percent. maybe they're going to use that to their advantage do something to expand the playstation brand or at least have it stand out from an xbox platform so that kind of takes from software out of the equation they own 14 percent. they didn't own it outright and also the way that this works is this is super weird too so they didn't purchase public shares they were actually issued new shares so the the Kodawa Corporation who owns who owned up until this point 100% of From Software agreed to have From Software issue new shares. So the slice that they now own is 69% of whatever nice. it was after the new shares were issued. So they kind of uh, li- they didn't I don't want to say liquidated they they expanded themselves a little bit by issuing the new shares mm-hmm. so that these people could come in and invest. The last thing that was being speculated as far as Sony acquisitions, is Square Enix because of their sell-off of the Western Studios they did not too long ago. Ooh. So they kind of chopped off the Western branch of a lot of their development studios. And so now that they're a little bit leaner, maybe Sony's going to come in and just purchase them completely outright. It's not entirely without precedent. Final Fantasy VII Remake... And a lot of the a lot of the games on that Square Enix is releasing, you don't really see them coming on Xbox platforms, you know. No. So either they already have some sort of agreement in place, or maybe there are talks about actually purchasing Square Enix, and so Square Enix is deciding to keep things inside of the PlayStation and PC space just in case that the announcement comes through. That way, they don't have to worry about dealing with any kind of prior agreements between other platforms and stuff hmm. like that. So last up is NetEase acquiring Quantic Dream. 
And that happened also on August 31st, 2022. So Quantic Dream is an interesting studio that we'll get into in a little bit. But NetEase, just like Tencent, it's a technology company, a Chinese technology company. They are best known for publishers of games like Naraka Blade Point, which is apparently super huge in China. Huge, yeah. Super huge. And they're also publishing a game called Where Winds Meet that we talked about last week mm -hmm. from Gamescom. So they have some sort of agreement with, I think it's Everstone, who is developing the game, and NetEase is going to be publishing it. Also, on top of that, NetEase... If you you think that you may have heard of this before, it's probably because of Diablo Immortal. Diablo Immortal is a, I think, a reskin of a previous NetEase game that Blizzard decided was what they wanted to use to create their Diablo Immortal uh, I, mobile game. I think when they announced Diablo Immortal, people found out that there were like four or five reskins of that NetEase game. Hmm. Which is fucking wild. Fucking wild. Yeah. So, Quantic Dream is now going to be part of NetEase, and they're actually, they actually have some, they have, they have a neighbor. So, Quantic Dream is joining the No More Heroes and the Lollipop Chainsaw developer Grasshopper Manufacturer as a subsidiary. So, it doesn't appear that NetEase does a whole ton of console-level games, but... They do have Grasshopper Manufacturer that Quantic Dream will now be side-by-side side with. And Quantic Dream is a publisher for the Parallel Studio developed game that we talked about last week called Under the Waves. So much good shit they're involved in right now, dude. Yep. So Man. that that kind of that kind of finishes everything off. It wasn't there wasn't a whole bunch this week, honestly. You know? I mean, to be fair, there's a lot of hype, right? With the yeah. the uh I'm blanking. I this beer has fucked me all the way up. Uh the Tokyo the Tokyo Game Show, Tokyo the announcement Game of what's going to be of what's going to be there. It's yeah. super cool. The Konami stuff like, "Oh, hey, there's going to be an unknown unknown game that we're going to be announcing." Like, you know, it gives it a little bit of mysteriousness. You're my not you're a my whole hero. bunch of what we didn't know. You're my hero, Michael. I was out there drowning, and you were like, I see you floundering. Let me sweep in. But you're right, dude. The Tokyo Game Show, literally, uh, probably the biggest news that we got right now, right? And then we got... I, I think the acquisitions are kind of fun. Uh, it, it shows us that, like, these studios, even though they're making fucking wild amounts of money, they still need so much money from, like, these investment groups to continue yep. making stuff because... The demand inside of the game industry is probably higher than it's ever fucking been for not only perfection but like gameplay and and graphics all this shit like and and the systems that they're having to develop it for with people with like 30 80 fucking graphics cards and the ps5 and the xbox series consoles i mean like i i can't imagine that the graphic fidelity that these systems require is easy to fucking design and develop for right now it, it it can be. I can't imagine what the what the kind of pipeline that these developers have to go through in order to keep those assets up this high of high quality. You know what I mean? Yeah. We they have a lot of help from from companies like Unreal and Unity, which help to streamline some of that stuff. But 
a lot of these a lot of these crazy games they don't sometimes they roll their own game engine and that's yeah. not cheap i mean you got like the r the re engine which is supporting most of capcom's shit right yeah that's a lot of dev time in order to to make something like that happen yeah it can't and it, it I, like you said it can't be cheap no you you hear a lot of you hear a lot of movies that you know they're they're in the the it used to be that it felt like at least to me that a 50 million dollar 100 million dollar movie was super expensive so we expected some crazy shit out of it but it almost feels like even even bullshit type movies like they have they have they have like a 50 million dollar budget that goes along with it yeah because it seems like just everything's so expensive these yeah. days but if you don't have just bottomless amounts of money it's like a company like Tencent might have that it becomes fiscally impossible it, yeah yeah and 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 Tencent sweeping in and and all these other investment companies that sweep in to do this type of shit right it allows these companies to fulfill their dreams because um as as development cost rises not only does the cost rise with with uh time but motherfuckers paychecks are getting way more expensive i mean like when we first started uh to be transparent here uh when i first started <laughs> in in the industry of like web design and ui ux and stuff it was i getting paid thirty six thousand dollars a year blew my fucking friends minds when they were only getting paid twenty six to thirty thousand dollars a year. I only made thirty six k, and I thought I was balling out of control. And that was good money back in two thousand and four. Uh, now that is a piss in the fucking bucket. That doesn't mean anything to anyone, and no one in this industry would literally take a job um, for any of that. And and most people would feel sorry for you if you admitted that to people. Yeah, like know? nowadays they'd be like, "Oh my god." How did you afford to eat ramen? <laughs> you know, like, um, so with inflation and the cost of living and everything else that has like gone up, like obviously, and the places where, where all these studios are like out in like San Francisco and like all the big cities in New York and, uh, you know, Tokyo and shit, yep. it's expensive to live there. And so if you want developers to live there, you got to pay them out the fucking ass. Right. And you also need to pay them a lot of money because of like what you mentioned before, uh, with crunch times, um, you kind of need to find a way to compensate them for uh, those, you know, 60, 70, 80 hour work weeks that they're having to fucking live through at the end of a project. Um, and that's an in any, any design and development industry. We all suffer through that at, at some point or another, right? Yep, we do. So uh, maybe not as much as the, the game developers do or like mangaka, you know, in the manga industry and stuff, but uh you know any any creative aspect like at some point you you kind of get crunched and you kind of get fucked up so you in these industries have to pay for it and so tencent in this case uh sweeps in and owns 69 percent of your company <laughs> nice yeah i mean and, let's, uh, let's be honest they're not doing it out of the kindness of their hearts no they're not they know, absolutely not they know they're doing it because they they are evaluating the kind of work that these people are doing and realizing that they have the ability to make their owners tons of money is, as long as, as they fuck. have as long as they have the ability to continue working the way that they want yeah i haven't heard of a lot of stuff where it seems that 10 cent is coming in and dictating 
the kind of direction that these companies should go in. I think they have an understanding that we like the work that you guys are doing. We like the stuff that you're putting out. Here's here's some money to make sure that you're able to keep doing that. And we're going to make sure that everybody gets paid and we're going to have a chunk of it. Yep. That's all you I've know? ever seen. And any, any uh, like little finger dipping that they do in companies, um, uh, you know, forgive how you feel about like other, other areas of the world and stuff like that. But like yeah. they, they come in and they just, they just drop bucks on people. And at the end of the day, I mean, like money makes shit move. Uh, and if you're trying to get your fucking game finished or your movie finished, you're trying to finalize this fucking dream. Like I heard Louis CK talked about a uh, movie that he just made and he had this budget in mind and he had all this money in his own pocket. And he was like, this is my, you know, I'm just going to say a random number, like $10 million that he was willing to invest into his movie. He was like, this is it. He's like, I'm going to get a producer. I'm going to get an agency. I'm going to get actors and actresses. And we're going to do this for $10 million, whatever the fuck it was. And he was like, even with the best fucking people that I had on hand, he was like, we had a budget. We knew exactly what we were doing. We knew our timeline. We had the script. We had everything. It was minimum double what we anticipated. And he was like, there's every fucking movie is like that. It's either double, triple, quadruple what you think what you've estimated for video games are in the same boat, dude, you're just fucked. And so you have to have these motherfuckers like Tencent or other banks that come in and bail you out. So it is what it is. And, 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 and these bailouts for them is not just, Hey, give us money. It's give us a big piece of your fucking company, which <laughs> is wild. And in, and in terms of people who don't like shit on the work that's happening, uh, I don't mind them as long as they're not like, you know, pushing their propaganda around or whatever the fuck else. And they're just allowing these motherfuckers to live their, their, their best life. So yeah. be it. Yeah. Right. And th this may sound, this may sound controversial, but I don't give a fuck. Like if, if Tencent, like you said, they, they do some work with Marvel, right? Or they put mm -hmm. some of the movies mm -hmm. out in China. Mm -hmm. If they want to, if they want to alter the movie to do whatever for the Chinese market. I don't give a fuck. As I mean, you, as, don't, as long as they don't, as long as they don't touch the American side, I don't give a shit. Well, no, you saw that with, um, one of the transformer movies, uh, the transformers come down, they have all the fucking, uh, dinosaurs and shit was age of extinction. Um, they go out and they get the, they get, they get the dino, dinosaurs, whatever the fuck they were called. Dinosaurs. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. They get the, the dinosaur transformers, right? And those motherfuckers were in China. And the rest of the movie, the whole movie is in 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 uh, America. And then when he has to go get the dinosaurs, that movie, the rest of it is all in, in, in China. It all happens in China. All the shit that gets blown up is in China. They're on the docks of, like, uh, the Chinese, like, shores and stuff. Like, and it was because of the big investment. They did some shit like that with uh, Iron Man and something else where they were just like, hey, yeah. if we're going to give yeah, you this much money... You need to show our culture, at least from a scene, because we want people to realize like, oh shit, that's Shanghai, that's Beijing, that's whatever, you know, if it's a Tokyo studio, oh shit, that's Tokyo, right? Like, uh, and it's because they want to be fucking represented for the money that they invest. And I get it. I don't think that there's any fucking thing wrong with that. 
I mean, we we still do that on the on the American side of things. I want to say that Georgia, yeah, Georgia is one of the is a, a large large place that you get a lot of movies made. I want to mm-hmm. say in in Georgia because of the yep. the really nice benefits that uh, I guess the state of Georgia allows when it comes to you know these movie studios coming in and actually filming their movie there. Yeah. So there's they have beneficial reasons to why they why you see George like the Georgia Peach logo at the at the end of the credits for for a whole ton of these movies. There's a reason. It's the same thing I want to say in Canada as well. So there's yep, a lot of cool movies that, and stuff. There's a lot of movies where you think you're in like New York or downtown LA or something like that. They're all like most of the time they're filmed in they're, all, they're filmed in they're filmed in Canada somewhere. Yep. Yep. You know? Because it's cheap to shoot there, they get like hella tax breaks, uh, and it gives money back to uh, the the Canadian government, and inevitably their free healthcare. Uh, United States, I don't know why you're not into this shit. Uh, we make billions a year in movies. Give us healthcare, but <laughs> uh, Joe Biden, if you're listening, I'm Bradley. <laughs> universal healthcare propaganda down here. Yeah. And so, um, you know, it is what it is, man. I To say that this week was uh, flat uh, in terms of, like, big news, I think there was incredible news uh, for us as an industry and consumer of uh, video game uh, type of content. Um, I think that a lot of these moves inside of the acquisitions were good for us. Uh, I think the Tokyo Game Show is going to be a total banger. And um, hopefully, like you said, the uh, Sony and Nintendo directs that'll come out afterwards uh, because they don't want to be maybe lumped in with this or they don't want to be, you know, pushing against some other titles that are coming out um, very soon. I I think we're in for a huge end of year uh, uh, feeding frenzy. Uh, so we're going to be so fucking too. eating good. <laughs> As you say, think, as gamers, we are. We we've yeah. had a lot of celebration about about video games in the past past couple of podcasts. Yeah, and I think we're gonna get some really good stuff coming up in the next couple of weeks. I think so, so too. We're gonna celebrate. We're gonna celebrate video games now and last week, and in the next couple of weeks, we're gonna we're gonna get back down to brass tacks where we're gonna find out like all of the crazy shit that we're gonna be playing most likely at the end of this year or early 2023. I agree, man. I agree. I think it's been a, uh, I, I, we've mentioned this at the start of the podcast and I want to mention a little bit again here. Uh, we've made it to 11 episodes. Uh, I feel, uh, really good about that. I, uh, we talked about it a little bit. I, I didn't know that we were going to hold on this long. I hope that we would have, (laughs) uh, you know, we have long podcasts. You saying well, I could have been playing video games instead of doing this? Yeah. I mean, like you said, you spend anywhere from five to eight hours a week putting together these show notes. Yeah. Uh, and then now we're doing live editing, which all of the material, again, is brought from by you. You pick it up. You uh, cut it up and send it to me. Uh, you're doing the Lord's work. You're allowing me to uh, spend a little bit of time doing some other shit. And then, you know, obviously spend time editing and chopping shit up as needed um 11 episodes feels fucking crazy to me um you're helping me live my dream uh of 
uh, allowing some other person who's smarter than me to, to tell a story about shit that I'm interested in. So thank you again, Michael. Yeah, and thank you again. Thank you, bro. Everybody yeah. else who's fucking listening out there in uh, podcast land or watching us on YouTube. Um, That's right. Feel free to so leave us a comment, sure. like all that yeah. shit, right? Leave us a comment. If you're on, if you're on something like Apple podcasts, give us five stars and just let us know how much you love us. Just like how much Bradley loves me. Yeah. Go ahead and do that right now. If you're on YouTube, go ahead and subscribe. Leave a comment. Like he said, let us know if there's anything that you want changed on how we're doing things. We're trying to refine it as time goes on. But if there's a suggestion that you might have to, to kind of help us along to make this a little bit more palatable for you, because we're just kind of doing what we want. And uh, we welcome any kind of suggestions that you might have to, to help us improve this, improve our process and improve, you know, what you guys want to hear about. So episode 11, got some good stuff coming through. So be sure to, to check us out next week to find out if Sony or Nintendo are going to be dropping us some good shit. God damn, I hope they are, man. Me too. And thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Uh, again, we've said this probably four times now on the podcast. I'm Bradley. And I'm Michael. And we're two dudes just uh, talking about video games and drinking pints. Thanks for watching. This has been oh, yeah. Pixels and Pints Podcast. Shit. I wish Tencent would drop money on me. Same, dude. Same, dude. Give us the money, Tencent, you sons of bitches. <laughs> I'll learn to speak Chinese like what's his name? Uh, what was that wrestler, dude? <laughs> Bing Chilling. Bing Chilling. What the fuck is his name? John Cena. Uh, John Cena. I'll learn to speak Chinese like John Cena. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Do, 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 do.